Welcome to MedKinza Talks, your go-to source for bite-sized content in becoming future doctors. I'm your host, Kinza Hussein, and I'm a second-year medical student helping students navigate the ins and outs of one of the most competitive careers. I will be sharing the lessons I've learned and inviting guest speakers to provide real quality advice to help you get into medical school, succeed as a med student, and prepare you to become a future doctor. Want more free quality advice? Subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow me on Instagram at MedKinza, where I post videos and infographics delivering content to you every week. Now sit back, relax, and learn something new. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every week. Hey, welcome. This is episode 7. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Beneath to speak about her medical school and YouTube perspective. You can find her on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at Core Beauty, where she posts the best videos and pictures to share her beauty and medical journey. She's almost She's also almost at 100k on Instagram, so go give her a follow to help her reach that huge milestone. I've been following Panith for several years, so I'm very happy to have the opportunity to connect with her. If you would like to learn more about the real core beauty, then keep listening. Hi Panith, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, that was like the cutest intro ever that I've like ever gotten. So thank you for that, and thank you for adding like a little brown brownness to my name usually people like Penny which is what I do too but you like said it with that brown accent so I appreciate that yeah of course I mean full disclosure I did practice like <laughs> before we went live to make sure I said it right like I know how to say it but when you get nervous like you never know yeah. how it's gonna come out no I do that I do that to myself too I'm like hi I'm Penny <laughs> most American accent ever so yeah we, we don't go for that yeah no I need to need to stick to our roots <laughs> exactly so my first question for you is like the most basic question that we all ask, but what was the one very specific driving factor that motivated you to become a doctor? So I feel like whenever I get this question, I feel like a lot of us are just like, oh, we didn't have like, you know, that single factor, which is kind of true for me. So kind yeah. of a bummer. I don't have like a huge moment. Um, for me, it was just like, honestly a ton of things um and I think for everyone mostly it's like you have to take into account a lot of factors like you know the road is really rough so like are you able to do it you know financially yeah um, you know you have to look at a lot of things so for me I didn't exactly have to become you know a, like a doctor it wasn't like something I ever thought I was really like capable of like academically to be fair and then I was like, oh, I'm kind of getting good grades, and like, you know, uh, my, bro- my brothers are clearly, like, both in medicine, too, and that was their plan, and I was just like, well, maybe I can do this, and so I started, like, working in, like, different environments, and um, I, one of the main things was I just saw how broken India's healthcare system was, so, like, even to this day, like, I want to go back there and just, like, do whatever I can as far as admission trips and stuff, so I feel like, for me, there was just so many things that I wanted to do, and, like, if I was academically able to and financially able to, um, then I would go pursue it, so that's what I ended up doing, so it was kind of not something that I had planned since, like, I was, like, in middle school or anything, but kind of just all fell into place, which I'm so thankful for. Oh, that's a great answer. I think a lot of people don't have that one driving factor that motivated them, and I think that's why we always get stuck when we're writing those essays as to, like, why do you want to do medicine? Why do you want to do residency? But it's like, well, there's, like, a ton of different reasons that kind of just came together. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, that was definitely something I struggled with when I was writing my application stuff. It's like, why do you want to be a doctor? That was, like, probably one of the most loaded, hardest questions to answer. 
Um, especially, I think, like, if you are kind of on the quote-unquote, you know, privileged side, because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I honestly just, you know, have the passion for it, and I love it, and unfortunately for a lot of us, you know, to be really raw and authentic, like, sometimes we don't feel like that the answer is good enough. Right. And so, I mean, for me, I just kind of look at it as, like, a lot of factors that fell into place, and, you know, you just have to, like, frame it and narrate, the, narrate it the right way. But, yeah, me, like a lot of people, like, I don't have that single kind of, Yeah, and you know, that's totally normal. So my second question for you is, how have you specifically managed your time as a part-time social media content creator and YouTuber with like all the time that goes into editing things and then you have school, you have a super cute dog that you have to take care of, you have family obligations, so all of that, like how do you manage your time? Well, for starters, my super cute dog is behind a makeshift, like, barricade at my stairs. He doesn't come up here barking, so that's, like, part of my management strategy, I guess. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, to be fair, like, I feel like I've definitely cut down in the past year or so in, like, the time I put it into social media, like, mm-hmm. I just used to have this goal of, like, posting, you know, something to Instagram, like, twice a week or something, but now, like, I just check my Instagram, like, I barely post, because it's just been really hard for me, like, the past, ever since Step started, pretty much, Yeah. and, um, and same thing with YouTube, I've been more on top of YouTube, because I feel like my community there is, like, a lot more close, and I just, like, love my people there so much that I would never want to, like, leave them with, like, a month was like for a month but I try my hardest but I definitely think first year and second year it was very feasible to you know balance everything because you aren't dealing with the stresses of like being in clinic and like following up on patients mm-hmm. you know there's still some free time for like extracurriculars and you can pick and choose your extracurriculars of mine with social media yeah. but for third year ever since step started it's like there's like an unending list of things you should be doing or could be doing so, you know, it's definitely difficult. I just kind of cram it into a weekend if I can. But, um, yeah, it's not ideal. But I, like, usually just, I don't have, like, a great management strategy. Yeah. Plan. It's kind of just like, oh, I have time. Let's just quickly do something. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I struggled a lot. It, t- it takes a lot of time to, like, edit. Yeah. And then if it doesn't upload to YouTube, it takes, like, extra time to figure out why. And, like, there's always hurdles that come out along the way. So... I'm kind of the same way, like, whenever I, I have time, because I have a hard time being like, oh, social, Sunday will be my social media content yeah, day. Same. I can't do that, I feel like. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, like, some people think, like, oh, yeah, you and I might have, like, a date where we, like, upload and edit, but yeah. not really. It's, like, when you upload or, like, you film, then you're so tired you don't want to, like, edit, so you kind of, like, spread it over a couple days and, like, cram it in whenever you can, so it's not, like, a great schedule, but it works. It works. So my next question for you is, what was the number one hurdle you encountered during your med school journey? So are we talking like during med school or like applying to med school? Honestly, it could be any time point. It could be some point in your pre-med journey, um, like as little as maybe getting rec letters was your biggest hurdle, or it could be in medical school. I think... So like I said, like once I decided I wanted to do medicine, I think I was past the rehearsals of like 
you know, personal issues, academic issues, because then I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So, like, I feel like pre-med was definitely difficult, but I never anticipated just how difficult med school can get, just because the time commitment is, like, beyond anything anyone's ever warned you of. And for me, it's kind of unique, because I have two brothers in med school, so you would think I would have gotten, like, some sort of experience, (laughs) which, I mean, I did in a way, but, you know, every med school is so different that, you know, everyone does something differently. So, like, my brother did not have mandatory attendance. So, like, he would come home and to our Berkeley apartment, and, like, we would go to the gym together. Like, I was just like, oh, he has, like, so much like, quote-unquote, free time, when he was studying a ton, but um, he still didn't have mandatory attendance, so it didn't feel as bad. For me, I had mandatory attendance, so it was, like, the most I've ever sat in classrooms my entire life, and it was, like, torture for me, because I don't learn in classrooms. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty rough. Yeah, that does not sound good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think they changed it now, though, so, like, the new class does not have to do that because we raised so much hell over it um, because our school is kind of new so they're kind of like fle- like they're very flexible and um, so they, they adapted for the new upcoming classes but not for us unfortunately yeah. Um, but yeah and then like with step was probably one of the hardest things I've done um, I think I think that would probably be honestly if I had to answer the question with one thing step one was probably the hardest thing because of the fact that like I said like I still was going to classes up until my dedicated yeah. so it wasn't like oh I could start studying like you know a couple months before I still was exhausted when I would come home and then when dedicated did start it was kind of like the COVID debacle of being rescheduled all the time oh, yeah. and that was like hell so I think if I were to highlight like one thing and I'm wearing a mask during step I know it sounds super petty but like just dealing with like so much like extra guidelines on top of something that's so stressful already it was probably like one of the harder things that's so rough I actually did not know you had to wear a mask while taking like an eight-hour exam yeah it doesn't sound like it'd be that bad and it's actually very annoying especially if you like have a big old nose like me. <laughs> I do. I have a big nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have that, like, brown face, you know, that it's definitely, like, yeah, you know, we have to cover half of our face practically. I need, like, a second mask for my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question for you is, how do you keep yourself motivated to study for high test scores when there's so much going on all the time? Like, honestly, like, you just went through all the hurdles that you've gone through, and STEP is such an important exam. So how do you discipline yourself? I think I would rephrase that question to how do you discipline yourself? I think um, part of it is like having the right, I think half of the battle is having the right like mindset. And for me, like I pick and choose my battles too. So like I, yeah. I think if you try to get high scores on everything in your life, especially when you get into med school, you're going to burn out uh, because it's going to be all you're doing all the time. And for me, um, I was lucky to go to a pastel school, so, I mean, I definitely picked and chose my battles to be like, hey, a 72 is still a P, so yeah. I'm not going to, you know. So, I definitely chose my battles like that, so I was not really burnt out as far as the high schools for the first two years, but in a way, it made it easy for me to, like, discipline myself for stuff, to be like, okay, this is a one exam that matters, but in a way, it also was, like, reframing my brain into, hey, like, I can't just pass it anymore you know like this one's actually gonna matter a lot more right uh so I think telling myself okay like I need to try my hardest get in that mindset of like I can do this 
schedule yourself, like, really, you know, to the T is to hold that discipline. Like, I would tell myself, I'm going to get through these blocks today, I'm going to do this today, and then anything else is a bonus. Um, and kind of just always being realistic about where you're at, you know? Like, if you aren't doing what you want to do, like, make sure you're aware of that and just don't keep pushing it off. Right. Um, I was very real with myself when I would get, like, that and scores and be like, okay, like, yeah. As much as I want to believe my other tests, like practice tests that I got, like clearly I'm not all around like strong. So I need to like be realistic with myself and tell myself I need to do better. So I think just being realistic with yourself and choosing what battles you want to try on probably like the best two points of advice I could give. Yeah, that's really good advice. I see myself doing that where I'm like, oh, let's do the easy stuff and save the hard stuff that I don't know that well for later. And you have to really, like, be mindful of it and force yourself to do the hard stuff first. Like, I watched your YouTube video on how you studied for step, and you were like, I sat down and studied EKGs for five hours because I got a question wrong, and, like, that's the kind of studying everyone needs to do. Yeah, I think that's, like, a great point. It's almost hard to tell yourself that. Like, I definitely did not want to sit there and do EKGs for five hours. I hate EKGs. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of hate them too, and I'm pretty sure all my knowledge went out the window already, so I'm going to have to do it all over again. Oh, great. But, yeah, no, EKGs are not my favorite. Sorry for anyone listening who's like hardcore cardiology. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my last question for you is, what is one very specific piece of advice you would leave our listeners with today? It could be related to medicine or completely unrelated, but something that has made a significant positive contribution to your life. I told myself I would think about this, but I never did, <laughs> because I had my exam for psych yesterday, and I feel like that's where my life is at. Well, you've um, given already so much great advice, for, but any, like, small, like, life advice that you live I think, by? I think probably the biggest thing that's gotten me through, like, my darkest times is just to know that you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone. Like, definitely. Um, also, like, just being grateful. So, like, for me, like, sometimes, as, like, you could probably attest to this, we get stuck in, like, this menstrual bubble of, like, oh, yeah. oh, this is our life, and, like, this is all that matters, and, like, you know, step one, and, like, clerkships, and this, and that, and, like, there's just so much to do all the time. But it's so easy to forget that there's, like, a whole world out there that's, like, not like, related to medicine and pre-med and, like, Mm -hmm. academics. Like, there's just so much more that matters. And, like, how you treat people is so important. You know, like, that's, like, 70% of medicine, you know, in my eyes. Like, the patient-physician interaction is so overlooked. And it's, like, whatever interactions we have outside of our medical school, we're also carrying those into our workplace. So we want to make sure those are good and, like, just, like, everything else that actually, like, nurtures you, you want to make sure you pay attention to that and, like, stay in tune with that because it's so easy to, like, forget about it when you get trapped in, like, academia. Yeah, how you treat people is what stays with them at the end of the day. So how you treat your patients, that's what they're going to remember. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, I definitely think um, maybe I'm, like, a perspective because like shaman's at Yale and then I'm at Mayo so we have a lot of academically smart people right. and don't get me wrong I love my classmates and I know shaman loves his classmates but sometimes I think when you have so many people who are so amazing academically like it doesn't always mean that they're just as strong with their interpersonal connections and myself included probably mm-hmm. for some of that too like just like the thought of us 
you know, on so many Friday nights or like weekdays, we stayed inside studying instead of like socializing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that means, you know, we might not have had that much like social interaction. We might not as be as good as interpersonal communication. So that's something we also need to be aware of to, you know, because that's like most of medicine. That's most of the physician patient interaction. Like, yes, the knowledge base is so important, but to miss out on that would be like a great disservice to your patients. 100%. That was amazing advice. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for coming on today for this podcast. I'm sure our listeners are really excited to like hear more about you, learn more about you. And thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. This was definitely a little fun interview. I'm glad I got to talk to you. And everybody, make sure you follow Mercanzo, which you probably already do, but she is like so sweet. And we talked a little bit before this, and she's just like adorable. Yeah. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I can't wait to see you grow. Like, I'm I'm positive you're just going to get big and huge because everyone's going to see how sweet and hardworking you are. Oh, that's really nice of you. Especially coming from someone who's like already so big. I see I see a lot of big things for you too. You're very genuine and it's easy it's easy to tell who's genuine and who's not. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm I think with social media sometimes it's really hard to tell how people are though, but once you like even have like two sentences of conversation, like I can say the same about you that you seem very genuine and down to earth and I mean for viewers who can't like Oh, thanks, girl. So, guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also, if you've learned one little thing from this show, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review. It means a lot to me, and I read them all. See you in the next one.